welcome to Should I or Shouldn't I, a fresh arts podcast hosted by me, Reyes Ramirez, where we explore the decisions artists make every day to succeed in the creative practice. We invite creatives who chose different answers to these pertinent questions. There will be no right or wrong answers at the end of each discussion, so this is not meant to be a one-size-fits-all sort of deal. Rather, we're processing the complexity of said choices to seemingly simple questions in hopes of enlightening others to consider different factors informing their own conclusions. Today, we're asking, should I or shouldn't I go full-time with my creative practice? We have artist Justin Garcia and writer Isis Fernandez Rojas to discuss. Hello, you two. Hi. Hey. All right. So uh, before we kind of jump into this conversation, uh, can... I just get y'all to do like a quick introduction of like what, who you are, what feeds you, what, how you define yourself. So uh, Isis, please. Um, so, uh, hi, <laughs> I'm Isis. So I'm a writer. And I love saying that, by the way, that I'm a writer. Um, so what feeds me, what fuels me, what kind of gravitates to me? Um, life gravitates, like I'm gravitating to life and um, what's fueling me right now is surviving through Corona. That's what's fueling me right now. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, I play with I, artistically and here's the artistic, here's the artistic dragon coming to you. Um, I play with or actually have conversations with uh, redemption especially as of late with my work as of late, what does it mean to be redeemed? What is redemption really? Can someone truly be redeemed? Um, and what that does that look like? Um, and um, the self-forgiveness leads towards self-redemption. I know it's deep, right? But, you know, I'm a deep person. <laughs> no, plus wow. Uh, <laughs> Justin, please. Well, I'm an artist in Houston, you know, I've been doing this for quite a while, and and uh, what really feeds me that I've found is just being curious. I I look at things that we may take, um, you know, for for granted, um, and try to find the fundamental elements about it. Um, I think the curiosity behind something simple that we overlook and finding it and looking in a different way is uh, is huge, and that helps us evolve. Um, for me, that's what feeds me is to find those things and and bridge that um, through communication, through through the arts, uh, for uh, kind of like a language. Um, so uh, that's, that's really what uh, my investigative side goes for, is just um, what brings the best out of us through self-investigation and outside investigation. And yeah, and, and uh, same thing with the COVID, trying to figure out what uh, that next step, what the art world's gonna look like after this. Um, and how it's going to evolve itself. Absolutely. Um, and so the topic at hand is, right, is um, going, quote unquote, full time with one's creative practice. Uh, and so I just wanted to give a quick disclaimer and say that in the formation of this conversation, this question itself, um, I think originally it was going to include the term part time, but I feel like that was uh, a mislabel of like what it means to be creative or an artist or a writer is that it's kind of like saying, well, I'm a part-time, I don't know, eater, you know, like it's kind of like art and creative, you know, your creativity is something you do all the time. And so I think when, when, when we ask or when people say full-time with one's creative practice, they mean a certain thing. Um, and so Isis, could you kind of go into what, what you think when people say what, or rather what they mean when they say, go full-time or I would like to go for full-time with my practice. I think what people mean is that they want to dedicate their entire day or be able to have the opportunity to dedicate their entire day to their artistic practice. Um, I think though, what it should mean is that you're doing the work to be full-time um, because being full-time artistic may not be feasible for a lot of people. Like we got to eat, we got to pay rent. Like it's just what it is. Um, and so kudos to those who can do it full-time, like legit. Like I wake up in the morning, I do my art, I go grocery shopping in the afternoon and then I come back to my art. Like kudos, seriously, like I'm jealous. I don't have it that way, unfortunately. 
or maybe fortunately, depending on how you're looking at it. Um, uh, so for me, full time means that I'm taking it from, oh, I'm just going to write for a couple of hours just to see what it's like to doing the whole gamut to doing like workshops with the piece going to classes doing the reading um there's so many components to art that's beyond maybe the page or if you're a painter or a sculptor beyond the actual act of art there's all these things that prep your art that you have to do and so that also needs to be included in the in any conversation when you talk about full time because you can have you know your 9 to 5 but maybe at 501 you're racing to like imprint to go take a class you know or whatever and that's still full time yeah justin uh, what do you think about that question right what what do you what do you think people mean when they say i want to go full time with my work yeah, it's definitely wanting to just make um, your income and make a living off of uh, your creative practice. Um, and that's, I I truly believe when you first think about that, it sounds amazing and it's like, oh my gosh, but you know, the reality, I've been doing this full time for over 15 years. And the reality is it's, um, it's a feast or famine. Um, you know, when it rains, it pours. And when it's a drought, it's like the damn desert, you know, I won't go for months without selling a painting, but, you know, then all of a sudden I'll sell, you know, one month, what I would make in a year. You don't know. And that can, that uncertainty can mm -hmm. be uh, challenging if, um, if you're not used to it and built to it, um, knowing how to save other high times uh, for those low times, because it will always come um, that it's, you know, and you've got to hustle. I remember when I first got started, it was great. You know, all my, friends you know bought pieces of support but afterward you're you're having to look at people you don't know to buy your work um, um and you realize you're doing a fourth of painting for me and three-fourths of it is going out meeting to the galas to the events to getting to know other artists to where where everybody's gathering uh, getting your name out there right um it doesn't matter how good you are if no one knows who you are and where to find you. And, and so you're working on your website and your social media and all these elements that uh, also take money as well as time and, mm -hmm. and are just as important. Um, so you find yourself doing a lot of the things that you may not um, necessarily thought you were signing up for, but are crucially important. Um, so it's it's tough to make a living of just an artist, just mentally. Um, and you know, there's that fight when you get into when you're just depending on your your art. Um, am I for me, am I painting this because it's popular? It's blue. It's this. It's that. You know, people love that. So am I painting it because of that or am I painting it because it's truly what I wanted to do um, in the nature of uh, active exploring and, and creativity? You, you have that battle. Um, so there's a lot of internal battles and a lot of in the reflection you have to do when you become an artist and going full time, you're really forced with that. And unless you have, you know, um, outside money, um, then, you know, it can be tricky. I, I'm under the full belief hundred percent that you need uh, multiple sources of income, mm -hmm. um, coming in, not depending on your art, um, to feed that will allow your art to be free in the nature that it was meant to be. Um, for the pre-creation and and doing what is truly what you're supposed to express um but when you put that pressure on the work you, you tend to it, it it doesn't come out the way that it should um so whether that's another job or you have um, residual income from property or renting whatever it is i fully wholeheartedly believe it takes the pressure off of the creative aspect and allows you to do the big major things that really help your career um, because you were able to take the time and without the pressure to to do it um, but then again there's that thing that I said about you seeing great movies about pressure pushing you to to excel beyond you know boundaries but um but yeah, that's kind of where I stand with it. I, I have multiple sources that I work on um, every day to day, um, and it really helps cover the overhead. So when I do create, um, it's coming from a pure place. Yeah. Just can I add to that um, or actually not add, just like, yes, a wholehearted yes. I worked with a business coach at one point 
And that's the exact advice she gave me. And she told me to think of it this way. And maybe this is something really good for your, for your listeners that um, your day job gives fuels or not fuels, but so, but um, what is the word I'm looking for? Hello, writer. Um, Funds. Thank you. Funds the um, funds, the art. And you've got to think about it that way, especially if you are not liking your day job at all. And I was that there at one point that, you know, you need to look at it as a way to fund your art. And you need to also think of it as if you want to go full time, right, um, that it is something that you need to think about as as a way to put money aside to be able to go full time in that way, because it is feast or famine. Like I, I remember being a freelancer and it's just like, sometimes people don't pay you on time. They just don't. Um, so you need to be able to reconcile that with yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. So kind of in the, in that interesting topic, just kind of like a side question that um, may or may not be fun to answer, but um kind of going through like what have you like what do you do or what have you done to kind of like quote unquote like feed some or fund the uh your practice so like me let's see i've been i've worked at a family dollar i've uh been a tutor both private and at a university or rather a community college i've been an adjunct i've been uh now i'm an arts admin which I think when I was in undergrad or like years ago, I would not imagine myself doing a lot of like arts administration, but it just happens to work out that way, um, et cetera, et cetera. So could you talk, I guess, ISIS first, like, yeah, what, what other stuff have you done to kind of fund that? I'm going to preface this by saying I was, I've been really lucky. Um, Cause I haven't had to do, I haven't had to do any of that. <laughs> Um, I actually, what I had to do though, is stay in a job and a career that was sucking my soul dry. Um, literally sucking my soul dry <sighs> because, um, you know, I needed to pay the rent and I needed to be able to make copies at Kinko's or <laughs> let's be wrong, copies at work for <laughs> my work, you know, um, because I had access to, time and space. Um, and so uh, I've stayed in jobs where I'm just like, well, I really hate it here, but they give me a free computer and I can kind of finagle some time to work on things, right? So that's kind of what I, I had to do in the past. Now I actually have a job that I really like. So what is um, it? Uh, I am a professor of English Oh, at wow. Lone Star College Kingwood. Woohoo. No, it's no, it's super nice. Like I love it. I love the gig. Um, and I think the difference, the big difference between past gigs, um, if I was a reporter for a long time. So the past gig and the current gig. Um, and then the gig in between those gigs is that um I I am in a place right now where I'm like being a writer is an asset. I think that's maybe a thing, like, right? You wanna go to a place if you have to have a full-time gig go to a place where they look at your art and you as an artist as an asset because when you're saying when you tell them I, i'm, I'm going to take off these two days to go like work on the structure of this novel because it's like un unwieldy um they're like yeah sure go for it like pop some stuff online <laughs> make sure you check in once in a while and like enjoy um, versus like other places where they look at you, your art, your artistry, um, and are suspicious of it. Right. Um, I've also been a freelancer. Um, I've done the adjuncting thing. Um, and like kudos to the adjunct, shout outs to the adjuncts. That is not an easy gig, especially when you got a piece, got a piece together, a full paycheck. Um, freelancing was great. I love the freedom hated the inconsistency um so i've done all those things so i've been lucky yeah i, I forgot to mention i think at one point i sold plasma did uh, you really yeah yeah to, to buy stuff no groceries and stuff like that but the, the 
Anyways, Justin, please. <laughs> yeah, same question. Um, that's it's tricky. I mean, I've done quite a few different things, but um, what was this specifically the question? Uh, yeah, um, like what things have you done before? Like either jobs or uh, ways to make money. Have you have you engaged with to kind of fund your practice uh, before you went full time, or maybe even during? Um, so yeah, so before um, I actually uh, I sold cell phone accessories uh, back when Nokia was very popular, um, and you could buy all the different parts and light up things and the antenna boosters and whatnot. And I was really big into that. Um, just kind of going. Uh, if y'all know where Harwin is in Houston, um, you go down there and set up an account. And I, I love being a creative. Uh, business side. Um, my father was very entrepreneurial. So I picked that up, you know, the street smarts and, um, but a lot of the businesses failed, you know, t-shirt company that I owned, um, to design t-shirts when I was popular, things like that. Um, but really what was kept me going was bartending, um, quick, easy money, uh, you know, and it was great. And I agree hundred percent with ISIS about, um, having, um, your employer supporting uh, or understanding, you know, your true passion and giving you some freedom or uh, leeway in that. And I had um, some great bosses that understood that as well um, and allowed me to kind of um, maneuver both ways uh, when needed. Um, so I really was more in the bartending field going through college and then uh, in making money, but saving every penny I had when I realized art was where I wanted to go. Um, and save for about two years, lower my overhead so all that money could be saved. Yeah. And, and I saved it in cash because I don't know what it is about it. If, if I see it in cash, then I'm less likely to spend it. But if it's on my card, and I, don't see, I mean, you know, it's, I just spend it. So it was very good for me to mentally practice that saving and then had my first show and, and, and continue there. So I was really lucky as well. I mean, I, you know, um, bold in the beginning now i look back i'm like oh my gosh i don't think i'd you know, risk that like i did then but um it really you know that that was kind of my beginnings but uh and then slowly building up a following to where now i can like you know maybe this art collector this person isn't buying right now but I, there's three others that haven't bought in a month that they're ready to buy or or do a commission or something so um when you build enough outside then you know, uh, you don't have to have the same person come back and forth um, every month. So I think it's that's really when you get into the art world, like you you want to be able to expand where your eggs aren't in one basket, where you're depending on one market or like one second Saturday where people are coming and that's the only. And if you miss it because it rained or something, then you don't have any income. Like you really have to be able to have multiple. Um, and as far as like what I do now. Um, to make income outside of uh, art is um, I own one of the business portable gallery walls that I rent out. So it's in the same field of arts, um, but it took many years to figure out uh, that uh, galas and whatnot needed better walls to exhibit artwork for uh, my colleagues and I. Um, and so these walls with lights on it and then uh, another product liquid and lights, which is this interactive art display um, for galas and stuff, uh, but all serendipitous, like things that I kind of fell into because I was already in the business and I just found a need or thing that was, uh, that would help. Um, uh, and so a lot of things like that published a book. So I'll sell that um, years back and uh, just little things like that. Um, I'd love to get into real estate or things that, you know, are sitting there making money and can just cover the overhead. Don't need to make a million dollars on like the stock or something crazy. Just enough skill sets that when say the art world's hurting, like other things are able to sustain in a level. Um, it's, I, I cannot stress that enough for right. artists that want to become um, full time. Like it's, you know, that's so important, whether you have an inheritance or a, a partner to help pick up the slack or, you have, um, you know, a career. Now you've saved all that money. Now you can go. Like you've, you've got to have some security, or else it will wear on you, um, and and really hurt the art, which is what you wanted to do in the first place. Yeah. Can I ask a follow up question to Justin? Because I'm so super interested. Do your thing. Oh, thank you. Um, so 
the so the outside income right like you were talking about having like the art wall and whatnot do you find that like maybe the outside stuff kind of inspires or maybe informs or maybe fuels some, something that maybe you do in your art as well oh definitely um yeah. it, so i'll give an example um I wanted to do a huge concept idea installation, uh, but mm-hmm. that's going to cost money. And no, you know, and, unless I go out and search for the either the grants or the sponsors that come once a year, and if you miss it, you got to wait a whole another year, or um, you know, someone to invest in the idea. Um, you're really having to put up your own money for it. Um, and so a lot of the big ideas that we have about writing this big book or writing or doing this big play or whatnot, it takes money. Um, to get it to get your idea out there or your dream having that second source of income uh, or that comes in allows me to be like okay i want to do this i can do this it will still be tight on the money but i can afford to do this and put the money ahead in faith that i know that and and so one of my things was i did a huge installation i was 100 linear feet cost me a fortune to do for Mm -hmm. this gallery exhibit um and without those other sources, I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing mm-hmm. that. Because I did that installation that uh, that was very large, and you know, like who's going to buy this huge hundred foot? But um, from that few years ago, uh, now I get um, a lot of my huge, uh, a lot of my um, commissions are based off of that one event that I did and is really up my career because of it. Um, and so you've got to take those leap of faith, but you also have to, there's got to be some in, income coming from that right. or source that's going to come from it. Um, and it's those big things you see in the movies and whatnot that really propel people's careers um, in the arts and stuff, uh, taking that risk. But it's right. So for me, like when an artist wants to grow to that next level and do something that they've dreamed about, um, you really got to have income coming in to support that from somewhere. Um, and it's a lot easier and feels a lot better when you can own it for yourself. Um, and and uh, it comes from your source. Um, so that's one, my example of, of why, yeah, you know, I go that that's, route. That's pretty cool. Like, sorry, I hijacked your entire interview. <laughs> now your right. entire, this part of the interview. I just find it fascinating how, you know, how like the side hustles and the things you have to do to fuel the art kind of almost informs the art as well. Right. I just find that fascinating. Um, There was, so I got laid off of one job um, before I found the other soul sucking job and um, one, and ironically enough, how fate is, I had been working with my business coach for a while. And one of the things that she said was exactly what you, what you, what you just said was um, that, First thing she's like, well, you've got to lower your expenses, which totally did, by the way. Um, but she also said, you need to look at this in a different way. You've got to look at this um, as a way of fueling what you want to do. Um, you also have to look at this as how it informs your work as an artist um, and that you really are putting money aside because you put money aside to fool your art or fool your writing. It was an art because it was like, 10 ways to like surf on at Surfside. It's like stupid stuff like that. That would pay the bills, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like that's going to help you not be able to write or stop writing those content things and start writing the novel or start writing the this. And and then we put together a business plan. Okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to teach writing this way. This is like 2013 when nobody knew who, what zoom was um oh zoom um and and i was teaching classes online and doing all this and that helped fuel and informed my work as well so i always find it fascinating when people talk about their work and i'm gonna stop hot jake and reyes's interview now and i'm gonna be quiet <laughs> it's all good no the, i mean you know anytime anyone can do my job for me i, I never totally welcome it. I have my own but thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's all good um yeah, I think both of you touched upon kind of this next um, question that I have. Um, so I have I have had times in my life where I had time to just dedicate myself to my work. Um, I was in grad school at one point in my life, but uh, there, all I would have to do was te- te- adjunct teach a class maybe like twice a week, 
and the rest of the week belonged to me. And so like I would have time to read and write, but then I found myself getting like very complacent or lazy sometimes, or I'd be like, I, I was, I'm bad at keeping strict regimens. Um, but then I've also had moments in my life, times in my life where I've had like three or four jobs at a time. And I would lament and say like, Oh, I wish I had more time to work on stuff. And so I've had both extremes. Um, and I did appreciate when I had part-time work where I would just like, Oh, I just have to show up for five hours here. And once I'm done with that, I don't have to think about that job anymore. But, uh, so I guess my next question is like, what do you, what do you feel are the benefits of like kind of the routes you've taken or like um, the lifestyle you have regarding your creative work and, you know, the way you make income. Right. So like ISIS, uh, what do you feel are the benefits of like you being a professor of English and being a writer? Ooh. Can I take it back one step and talk about reporting? Cause I, oh, there please, were some, yeah. there were some benefits to reporting. So, um, one of the benefits of reporting. Okay. So I say a lot of bad things about reporting, <laughs> um, even in this podcast, but there's, there's some, there were some benefits. And one of the great benefits of reporting is that I could work on deadline um, really quickly. Like I can literally just say, I'm not going to write when like the muse calls, like, I hate that phrase, but I'm not, I'm going to do my art when I, when the muse calls, no, like you should do your art. Like, it's a practice, right? You should practice it. Um, so I could just, I could write literally, I could technically write anywhere. So that was the best thing. Cause you know, that four o'clock deadline, that five o'clock deadline, that three o'clock deadline loomed and you had to have something or explain to your boss why you should keep your job. Like that, that was probably the biggest takeaway um, from journalism and from my reporting days. So that helped a lot. Um, I think the positive about being um, an English professor is that you're around words all day, right? You're around, you're around words. You're around these pieces that you're teaching to these students. Um, and what you didn't see when during your first read of like Harrison Bergeron or um, Dr. King's letter from Birmingham jail, you see it again and you see it through a fresh pair of eyes so then you're looking at it with a fresh pair of eyes almost every time every semester so that's been really great um and it's also that your work is also kind of inspired by it um i cannot tell you how many times harrison bergeron has inspired something in a piece or um spider the artist um it's just a short story it also inspired something else um so you're around words all day and then you're also around beginning writers um who they're just throwing a bunch of words on the on the wall seeing what sticks you know whatever make it a making an essay you know <laughs> what is the thesis teacher what is the thesis um three months in. So, um, so you're seeing writing as, um, or I'm seeing my art reflected back at me. And I have to remind myself that I'm constantly learning, even though I've, I've been doing this for a while. I have a whole MFA, like certified master, <laughs> you know, like whatever. Right. Um, but I'm always humbled um, with the students because they take me right back to I don't even know how to spell my own name sometimes right and I'm just like all right let's 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 take it through this process and so when I'm humbled by that I have to give myself grace if I'm not writing that day or if I'm looking at something and think it's horrible or if I'm just saying you know I just don't feel like it today is corona day 15th 11th 100th and all i want to do is watch netflix and like eat chips ahoy and i will say okay well yeah and so let's all take a break all 150 of us will just take a break and like today we're just not gonna have class today we're just gonna like chill out like you know <laughs> so um so that's been the the best part i think of both both careers that I, I've had is that there's always been something that informs the art, informs the practice, informs the page, um, and that I can glean from. So I've been really, really, really lucky about that. Absolutely. Justin, same question. What do you feel are the benefits of the route that you've taken now, you know, that you're full time with your work? You know, I mean, just knowing that everything that you go through whatnot is reflected in your work everything you're around every 
you know, whether it seems very much detached from who you are or from like what you would want to be about, you're, you're documenting that um, into your work somehow it's, and it's reflected. Um, and so I, I really just look at my experiences on where I've, you know, traveled and, and uh, as what I need to document and reflect on, um, you know, and, and going back to some of these other side jobs that I've had, you know, there have been, you pick up on the great qualities of what that taught you, even at the time, you don't even realize what that is, right? Like as I say, you know, um, things that you wouldn't think are important until you leave it. And then you realize how much structure uh, about deadlines is important. Um, you know, for the Portable Gallery Walls deal, being in the art world so much and doing so many galas and so many events and being disappointed with the way they display arts, you know, on easels and without lights, it really... I found myself wanting to better that for not only myself, but other artists and for personal show. And then that led to building these walls and then that led to being rented out. And it's helped me stay in the art world behind the scenes, as well as being the artist um, on the scene for the galas, um, but supplying that and being a part of that. Um, so getting more information behind the scenes have, um, has been important um, and has really propelled and help my career because I get to talk to people that normally um, about things that aren't so direct towards art, buying art and whatnot. Um, and I mean, that's, I guess that would be just realizing that everything you do for me is a part of the artist's journey and what we are reflecting, like what's, what's your purpose, you know? Um, and whether we're, doing a dead end job that we hate there's something to learn from that taking that neg that that feeling and and uh and molding it into a piece of work right I, I truly believe the the work of art the artist creates um, on all levels is it the artwork doesn't need to be just happy positive it can have any emotion as long as the artist puts that emotion in there then the work can respect the creator and then others can feel we're you know we're documenting those emotions and turning into a positive reflection that we can look at and grow from um, and others can too so so through all the the bad times and the good times no matter what it is we we need to use as an artist um, in that journey that takes us there uh, and and that's kind of how i feel where i'm i use those elements into my art career and kind of move forward and trusting that, okay, no matter what, that's the whole purpose is to, uh, is to reflect that. Um, and yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know what you both mean. I, I think in each part of my life, I've, I've, how I've made money is kind of influenced what I've written about or what I do. Um, like, yeah, certainly when I was teaching children, like writing, uh, I think in my mind, like I was like, oh yeah, I know how to do this for me, like in my practice. But then like when kids started asking me like, what is that? What are you even talking about? And then like, I had to pensively think even deeper, like, okay, what does that really mean? Like a metaphor, what is that really? And like, when you have to keep explaining it, you then find new ways to explain it. And you actually find new ways to use the metaphor, right? This is an example, but I'm, I'm sure you could extend that to many other arts and practices. But um, yeah, I think I, I like that note of like, yeah. Um, everything you do kind of like feeds or it you take something from it. Um, and so I guess y'all have already kind of talked about the limitations a little bit, but I guess uh, the converse of this question, uh, the limitations of the route you've taken, I think you've, you've both already answered that, but just for, just for austerity's sake. Um, so the limitations, right, of the route of any decision we make. For me, um, right now I just have one full-time job and I... I do. I love it. I love the work that I do. I love talking to people. I love what I'm doing right now. Uh, but I think sometimes in the back of my head, I'm like, I could be writing or I could be doing this or because again, the, the, the first passion is, I guess for me is writing, but, um, and so I feel like then like the limitation is like, all right, so I dedicate X amount of hours to this part of me who like this, this Reyes at this time, this is who he is. And then at the other times he is this, he is a writer, he is this. Um, and so like, I feel like I then have to parse out my time, um, but not so much anymore. I think kind of coronavirus kind of through is that everything is off whack or like everything's melding together. But 
yeah, like, what do you feel are the limitations of the route you've taken, um, ISIS? <sighs> Time, ironically enough, but not in the way that you would think. Um, because I love my job and I love what I do, um, I tend to hide in it. I think that's the big limitation. Um, and by hiding, I mean it may be... I'm working on like a difficult scene or I just can't quite get this poem or maybe something on the page scared me. Cause sometimes that happens too. Right. Um, and so, Oh, well, you know, this journal needs to be graded and I really should like design this part of the curriculum and I should really do this. And so the limitation is that I have places to hide <laughs> and um, I tend not to come out until I look around and say, oh, I haven't done, I haven't written in like three weeks and I haven't done anything in three weeks. Um, I think it's time to go back, right? Um, so that for me is probably the biggest limitation. Um, time, but in that way of hiding, not in the way of not having enough, especially Corona. You're right. Coronavirus kind of is was the great equalizer. We're all online. And you would think that would be an abundance of freedom. It's not quite an abundance of freedom. Um, you still got to teach. Essays still have to get written. Things still have to get graded, right? But it's now I have the luxury of like putting my feet up and watching some Netflix while I'm looking for a thesis. Um, so that's great. But at the same time, I can hide a lot easier now than when I was on campus, right? So that's the limitation for me right now. Justin. I'd say the limitation, yeah, it's having almost too much time to kind of escape without, uh, you know, having your feet on the fire um, to create in a way. Um, you know, events and shows are kind of down in the, in the art world right now as far as getting too close to people and, and what that looks like. Um, so you have a lot of idle time to uh, dive into your work, but at the same time, you know, it, there's there's a moment where you feel like, okay, well, there's not much to do. Um, and so you feel guilty not doing anything. Um, and, but then, you know, for me, creating is not something I can, I can force myself to do if it's a commission or something, but you kind of want to allow it to evolve. Um, but then you feel like you're wasting time sitting around waiting for that moment. Um, so you, you got to find other ways to occupy your time that aren't going to uh, eat through your pocketbook, um, right? And and uh, so my limitations are really just um, keeping myself busy um, and doing all the background stuff that I hate doing uh, when it comes to artwork. You know, redesigning the website, re you know, working on social media, restructuring you know my collector's list, and and uh, pre-planning out the future. Um, of events and stuff and and uh so it's it's really making me forced to do the things that i kind of put off for a while and and uh i'm finding my limitations and how much i i want not to do those things and so i will go to my netflix or a movie because i'm i love movies so i'll watch the same movie over and over again um if i like it uh you know um it's just getting that balance of back to normalcy or what that's going to look like um putting you know all the energy in that right direction um, but having no idea what that's going to be yeah um and hopefully this segues into the next question just fine but like um considerations of like what people should consider before making right like a decision of taking on a job or, or going quote-unquote like full-time with the work uh for me uh, I'm still trying to get used to like what puts me in the best situation to write. I think sometimes I'll sit down and the writing does, I'll sit, I'll sit down, dedicate work uh, time to do my work or my creative work, but sometimes it won't come out. And so, but the thing is the important thing for me was that I did that is that I made that block of time to do it. Um, which again, I could have been doing anything else, but I, I chose to do that. And so to do that, I, I, I've tried, been trying to experiment. It's like, okay, if I have a cup of coffee versus, uh, right. Or if I listen to this type of music, what best makes me. And so I think my advice always is like when people ask me like, Ray, is how do you like, 
you work full time, you do this, you do that, and and you also write. What you know, what advice do you have, or what what should I consider when I make that decision to work full time and write and blah, blah blah? I go just find your happy place and try to learn how to be able to recreate it so that you best you know follow through with your work the best way you can. And so I guess this next question then is Isis, what are some things that artists should consider? right whenever they're kind of in your situation right where you ha you have a job you have the work but then you have the creative work and so mm -hmm. what do you think art people should consider when they kind of go through that with that lifestyle um the same thing you just said <laughs> um literally uh i think one of the things you've got to consider one take it out of the romantic stage um, cause especially for writers, people think, oh, writers, all you do is sit and write with a fountain tip pen in a beret at a coffee shop and just, you know, create art all day, which is a lie. <laughs> it is a lie. It's a lot of hard work. Um, so understanding and taking it out of the romantic and understanding that it, I'm going to, I'm going to unromanticize this for you and maybe bust some bubbles here, but, um, it is a second job. It is, but it's the second job you love and the second job that fuels you. Um, it's a, a second job that for many of us has to happen in order for us to be able to function sometimes. So it is, a, but it is a job. Um, and just like you said, you've got to find your happy place. And um, I used to be able, so my family is loud. How come, how you cannot hear them right now in the background is proof that miracles happen. Um, but they are loud. They are super loud. Um, Latina family, half Cuban, half Guatemalan, like it's just loud. TV blares, plus everybody's on a tablet, plus there's music. I don't understand this chaos. But I used to be able to sit in the living room and put on some headphones and just create. I can't do that anymore since I've moved back to Houston. So you have to find your spot, right? You have to be able to say, this is what I need as an artist to create. I need, personally, I need uh, something that's semi-quiet, whether it's a coffee shop or a room with no sound. Um, I need to be able, smells are really big, so I do candles or diffuse things. Um, I need to be able to take a break once in a while and force myself to take a break. So literally just write down what you need as an artist to create the art, what you need as an artist to continue creating the art. This is the second, third, fourth levels of income that you need. Um, what do you need to create a system and process? Ooh, here you go, the teacher. The system and process and some practices you need to outside of or the painting or whatever. Um, do you need to do a email blast to do a newsletter? <sighs> yes, most likely you do. Not everybody, but most likely you do. So how do you get you know, those addresses? Do you need a website? Well, then get yourself, get the on WordPress and start learning, right? Like, um, so you need to think about, if you're thinking about this, really sit with the idea of this is a second gig. Let me take it out of the sitting in a cafe with a beret situation. What do I need? What do I need to put in place to make sure things happen? Um, Find the a really nice candle, <laughs> essentially. Thank you. Yeah, Justin, um, same question. What are some things creatives, artists should consider, let's say, uh, in your situation, right, before going full-time or maybe during full-time? Yeah, you definitely need to set the uh, tone in your environment, uh, for sure. Um, you know, whether it's painting, writing, like I, when I was writing um, my book, I sat in the same coffee shop in the same place, drank the same cappuccino at the same time every morning. And that structure, you know, was really important. And it's not something I've ever been really accustomed to. It was the first time with the music coming down, alpha wave music in the morning sunrise and the smells, everything was just putting me into a very uh, awake, but not fully like stressed about the day and all the busy stuff but uh, not asleep either it was just this great moment and that for me was you it takes awareness like you got to be 
being an artist in, in this world, you have to be very self-aware or at least curious about the aspects of yourself and picking up on these moments. And then not only like jumping into like, like when the muse hits you, right? But okay, that's great if the muse hits you, but if you're gonna wait around a month, week, whatever it is for the muse hits you, um, the percentage of that happening uh, on time when you have the availability of time, you know, and it's just right there um, is you're, is less likely to happen. But if you know those triggers and you can implement those triggers to have more control over it um, and it trigger you when you are set to do and have time when you're not working your other job or whatnot, um, those are the things you have to be aware of to implement. And it may not hit you the way um, that, you know, on on Tuesday it may not hit you, but maybe if you do it again on Wednesday, it it just something triggered and and slowly adding to that repertoire of things that will uh, ignite that inside you, um, allows you to have more control over the creative process and be more um, more creative uh, and and more productive and efficient um, with the creative process. Uh, and that's that's what I do with music, um, and it's not a specific music that I'll listen to. It's just maybe a genre, what I'm feeling in the moment. But I know that's important. Um, I know in the morning time for me, writing is the most is the best time to do my deep thinking and whatnot um, with a cup of coffee, uh, you know. And uh, and I like yellow using yellow pad paper and pencil. Mm. Um, and there's just something about it. Uh, so um, those are the elements that you, as an artist, you start to pick up on and and start when definitely when it's a business, when it is your career, like your choice, you've, you've got to take every edge possible to get you in that place to be the most successful um, with what you want to do um, until that transition where you can do it full time. Um, but yeah, those, those are the elements in my studio. Um, I like painting late at night. I like music to be loud. So it's just... Um, not deafening, but nothing else really um, is kind of piercing. It's just I'm in that zone with the music and feeling it. Um, and I like painting towards the evening or late time, especially when people aren't awake, um, either in the morning or at night, because you get phone calls, your mind's like, okay, you know, this meeting, that meeting. It's for me, it's really hard to mentally i'm very bad at multitasking in certain elements of like daily life like i'm either hyper focused on this thing or this but when i'm being pulled in tons of different directions during the day that's really not good for my art um i really need to kind of fall into it and have that time to not uh, be awakened from that moment um to really grasp all the elements it's kind of like juggling you know if you have tons of other things distracting, you can't really juggle all the thoughts and everything um, that you need to, to do what you uh, set out to do. Absolutely. So then uh, just out of respect for time, uh, we're almost nearing the end of our time. And so I'd like to ask some kind of just random questions that, uh, you know, hopefully uh, following such, I think kind of great conversation and deep conversation, hopefully, you know, seg let us uh, segue out of it, but, just some random questions. Uh, Isis, uh, let's see. Favorite takeout? Mai Tai. Um, this place called Mai Tai um, in North Shore. Fantastic Vietnamese egg rolls. Very good. Justin? You know, a, a couple of things, but uh, I I really like pho um, soup when they're getting takeout, mm -hmm. something soothing um, or uh, ramen has been a big hit for me for, for takeout for sure. Nice. Um, let's see someone, something everyone in Houston should experience ISIS. <laughs> no traffic. <laughs> Good luck. Nice. <laughs> Justin. What was the question again? Uh, you, something you think, uh, everyone in Houston should experience once. Oh, in Houston. I was like, okay. Oh my gosh. That was a good one. That was a good one. Um, uh, let's say the Rothko Chapel. That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, let's see. Uh, favorite Houston artist, Isis, or creative? The Mendences. Say that again? The Mendences. Um, uh, Lupe and Jasmine. Oh, uh, yeah. Favorite. 
Lupe and Jasmine Mendez. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm about to get like 10,000 emails. I thought I was your favorite. I thought <laughs> I was your favorite. And I'm just like, yo, like when you are the, when you are the like Beyonce and Jay-Z of the poetry and writing world in Houston, like there is no other answer. So oh. done. <laughs> nice. Justin, wow. uh, favorite Houston creative artist. I definitely have to say he's been a good friend and mentor via uh, David Addicts. Nice. All right. And then finally, um, any upcoming projects? So this is going to come out in October. Uh, anything people should pay attention to or uh, keep up with you, Isis? Oh, good night. Um, I'm teaching a class through WriteSpace in October for those who are doing NaNoWriMo. So I help you through NaNoWriMo right before you have to start it. Um, I'm having a class through my own brand, um, Dear Writer, through um, about monsters. And my own podcast just came out. It'll, it'll still be going through in October called Dear, Writer, Dear, Dear Reader. And we'll be sure to post the link to your website when this comes out. Justin, uh, any upcoming projects or things people should check out from you? Uh, yes, um, I'm going to be working on some new uh, pieces that are going to be more sculptural. Um, and so that's kind of a, a different direction that I've been wanting to work on. So this time has allowed me to do that. Um, and uh, I'll be doing some writing, going back into uh, some of the theoretical models that I was designing. Um, I'm going to kind of dive back into the science side of it. Um, and uh yeah, I put together some some big uh, exhibits and and installations next year. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, you two, for such an amazing conversation discussion. Um, glad I picked y'all. Rather glad we picked y'all. Is is between me and Angela, uh, my my colleague. But thank you so much. Um, I'll see you later. Thank you. Uh, thank you. This podcast is powered by Fresh Arts, a Houston-based nonprofit that helps advance the careers of local artists and creatives through resource sharing, skill-building initiatives, and artist-centered community programs. Visit fresharts.org for more information.